0: Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Keith Law. He's a baseball writer over at The Athletic. You can follow his work at Keith Law as well. Keith, we appreciate the time as always, man. I know you've seen some of the Arizona Fall League this year. I, I want to start with the guy that is, as you can imagine, received a lot of the headlines here in St. Louis. What'd you see from Jordan Walker? And does he seem pretty close to you to being ready for the big leagues?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Even if he's not necessarily going to come up and be a superstar right away. You can see the superstar ceiling. He's got a really great approach. He's got a great body. You can see what a good athlete he is. Um, I I was probably most impressed by the quality of the at-bats, which has been something that's marked him really since he made his full season debut at the beginning of last year. Because when he was first drafted out of high school by uh, scout Charles Peterson, who unfortunately passed away later that very summer from COVID, the biggest question I think even Cardinals folks had was how good a hitter is he? They knew they were drafting an incredible athlete, a great kid, a guy with huge upside, but no one really knew how well he'd hit and how well he'd adapt to pro pitching immediately. But one thing he has shown very consistently as he's moved up the ladder, and I would include the fall league in that too, is that, He does have great ball strike recognition. He's pretty shown pretty well that he can pick up different pitch types, at least at these varying levels. And I think that's the best possible thing you could see in a player whose athletic gifts and offensive upside were already there. We didn't have questions about that. He just has gone out and at every single level of the minors answered the biggest question that we already had.
2: Keith, the other question that Cardinals fans have regarding that uh, Arizona Fall League is Mason Wynn. And I mean, we've seen the elite athlete he is at shortstop and his ability to make plays defensively. And we've had the conversations of the Cardinals possibly being in the free agent market for one of these shortstops due to the bat. In your opinion, can Mason Wynn be an outfielder for this team?
1: Oh, that's a terrible idea. I, God, (laughs) you... I've never heard anybody suggest, like, he could be an elite defensive shortstop. He has probably the best throwing arm I've ever personally seen on a shortstop. I mean, this is Raphael for Cal territory in terms of his throwing. He had the hardest recorded throw ever by StatCast for, I think, for an infielder, actually. Never mind just a shortstop. Uh, He's hyper-athletic. I think he's going to have tremendous range. I think there's some polished experience needed, but that's not surprising for a guy his age. And the bat's going to play, but it's going to play a lot better in the infield. This isn't Jordan Walker. He's not going to be a 25-30 home run guy. I think he's going to end up an average OBP guy with a little bit of power, but he's not as far along as Walker is, and he's not as physically developed as Walker is, too. Walker is big. He's already big. Um, You can look at Jordan Walker and see like Jason Hayward at the same age whereas Wynn isn't there yet. And it would not surprise me if Wynn just needed some more time to fill out because I think the his approach is actually pretty good. I think I saw him walk more than I saw him do anything else in the fall league, which is also a commentary on the pitching out there. But you've got to keep Win at shortstop because any other position just takes away so much of the value that he can provide for you.
0: With that in mind then, Keith, would that preclude you from being in on this shortstop class if you're the Cardinals?
1: Well, no, because there's another, there's sort of a a third option here, which is if you really like one of these shortstops and you've decided that having production from shortstop in 2023 is paramount, you go get a shortstop and you trade Mason Wynn for something else. And I understand, you know, we we all like to hug our prospects. They may not necessarily be looking for, you know, Cardinals fans may not want to hear that you're trading Mason Wynn, but if you put Mason Wynn out on the trade market, A lot of guys are going to be available. You're going to shake a lot of players loose. Maybe that's Sean Murphy from the A's who would – I don't know that the Cardinals need a catcher or that they're definitely looking for a catcher, but hey, if they decided to, I think you start a package with Wynn, you can get a Sean Murphy. You would get a Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. There are a lot of players you could get if Wynn is the top player in the package you're offering.
0: We're talking with Keith Law here on 101 ESPN. It's interesting you mentioned catcher. I wanted to go there with you, Keith, because I I think that is one of the top priorities for this team going into the offseason is addressing the catcher position. If you were in Mo's shoes... And obviously, we we don't know what it's going to take. You mentioned Sean Murphy. Another guy we've talked about is Jansen from Toronto as well. Uh, maybe those guys would be available via trade. Maybe you go out there and you say, you know what, we we've already had Yadier Molina the last couple of years. We where he wasn't hitting. We can go get a Martín Maldonado. We can get a Barnhart. One of those guys that's mostly glove. Or you could go make the big move and sign Wilson Contreras for big time money. If you're in most shoes, which of those directions do you think you would prioritize that catcher?
1: I cannot imagine this Cardinals team, the way that they have obviously have had Yadier Molina forever. Wilson Contreras is kind of the opposite, right? Yep. More, mostly bat, very little glove. Um, I have Contreras as the top catching free agent by a huge margin. He's the only catcher on the market I think is absolutely an everyday player. Everyone else is flawed, injury prone, can't play every day. So if you're looking for an everyday guy, it's Contreras or it's the trade market. But the Cardinals also have Ivan Herrera. And I mean, at least talking to people in their organization for years, they've been very high on him. Other scouts are very high on him. He is a pretty high contact guy, um, which is a great skill to see in a young hitter, especially if you think he's going to grow into some more power. He definitely stays behind the plate. So maybe you go get. A Martin Maldonado or somebody like that or a Mike Zanino, or um, I feel like there's another really good defensive catcher who didn't make my top 50 but who could be a 60 games catching next year. Maybe more And you split time with Herrera so that you're not just handing him the everyday job. That's the other possibility for the Cardinals, depending on what they see. If this were a stronger catching market in free agency, that could be very different. But I think it's more like, cause I, like I said, I just, I don't I'd be very surprised if they were interested in Contreras at what he's likely to cost. You could go trade or you could do what I suggested, get a one-year guy so that Herrera is not simply handed the catching job for 140 games.
2: Keith, I think for me, the biggest thing that I'm looking at this offseason for the Cardinals is finding another bat to complement Goldschmidt and Arenado. And we brought up the shortstops. You mentioned Wilson Contreras. Is there a name that intrigues you this offseason that you feel like the Cardinals could be a good match for to get that bat?
1: Well, they should go get Aaron Judge, obviously. Oh, okay. The only answer. Yeah. Sounds great. Right. Fixes a lot of things, doesn't it? It certainly does, and it will get fans in the seats. There's no question (laughs) about that. They would, they would be, they would be the favorites to win the division if they did that. There are a couple of interesting bats up top. I mean, outfield is the place where they can do this, right? They have. That's the one spot I think where they don't have a prospect and they don't have an established star where they could put someone out there. And to me, Dylan Carlson is the one guy out there where I still believe in him. I said he'd break out this past year. Based on my history of breakout predictions, it means he's going to break out next year instead. I'm pretty good at being a year off on that stuff. He's the one guy, he fits somewhere and we can upgrade elsewhere. So maybe that's going to get like a Brandon Nimmo. I know there's these reports of the Rockies opening up the bank for him, but who knows? Like maybe he'd prefer to go play for a contender also. And I think with what Nimmo's, done the last two years, especially if you believe he can play, be more durable going forward, which is a big if, but he's probably the next most interesting position player out free agent outfielder after judge in this market. And I don't know how strong Nemo's market will be because I think everyone acknowledges what a good player he is, but he's only had two truly full injury free seasons so far. And that may keep the price down a little bit to allow a club like the Cardinals to stay in the mix.
0: Talk to us a little bit about Nimmo, Keith, because I am i think I'm probably the president of the Brandon Nimmo fan club here in St. Louis, oh, and the reaction yeah. that I get most of the time is, oh, come on, that's, that is not the bat that this team is needing. Yeah. It's super high on base, been pretty good from a contact mm-hmm. perspective in his career. You look at the OPS yeah. Plus, and he's like 30% above league average. When he's been healthy, I mean, the production yeah. has certainly been there, and he's at least an average, maybe be above average outfielder defensively as well what is your perspective of nimmo and how risky do you think assigning that would be given the injury history that you mentioned
1: well the the, i'll just start with the risk yeah that's it's reasonably high risk right this guy's been hurt a lot all the way going back to remember when he i saw him in the draft multiple times he torn his acl i think as a sophomore in high school might have been a football injury and Wasn't even, was a sophomore, junior, even by spring of his senior year, wasn't really running that well. And he's had some on and off knee injuries, other injuries. I think it's fair to say he's been injury prone, but that's the only negative I see. He is a super high on base guy, and it is very legit. It's walks and contact and uh, very, very good understanding of the strike zone. And, And I agree, he can play center. And I think he's very, very good if you have to put him in a corner because you have somebody better in center. The thing I like most about Nemo, the first three, four years of his major league career, I said, this guy's he's a platoon player, right? He is not a regular because he can't hit lefties. And the last two years, especially, he got better against lefties to the point where he's clearly an everyday guy. And I I love when players, especially when they get to the big leagues and continue to make adjustments like that. And it is not just this, that superficially he had better performance against lefties, the at-bats were better, the underlying data is better, the exit velocity, everything went up. And to me, that points to a guy who he's clearly an everyday player and an above-average one, and I give him a better chance to make some adjustments if you give him, say, a five-year deal. Now you're talking about him getting into his mid-30s when it might slow down a little bit. I would much rather bet on a guy who's already shown he can make adjustments to continue to make adjustments.
2: Uh, Keith, I, I know it's still early because the World Series going on, but you, you know St. Louis when off season hits, they're they're fully engaged in it. Uh, right. what, what would you deem a successful off season for the Cardinals?
1: You've got to get. I guess I was going to say free agent, but it really doesn't have to be free agent. Somewhere they need they need another big bat. I think that's fair, and I think outfield is the place for it. If they said we're going to do a stopgap at short and we're going to do some kind of job sharing solution behind the plate, I'm fine with that. I actually think that's okay. And I would say a bat for the outfield, whether it's free agency or trade and some depth starting, starting pitching, because I look at their rotation. I think the rotation could be a strength, but I worry about just bulk innings because of durability. Cause you've got a lot of guys in that rotation. You're counting on to give you a lot of innings to make 30 starts, but who don't have great histories of doing so. And so adding some starting depth, now i think you know through the back end of free agency less expensive guys would be great Also, threw throughout i did QA on the athletic yesterday i think i threw out the name taiwan walker as a guy who's not going to be super expensive tends to fit the profile i think of guys that the cardinals have liked um and a guy who i also think if you get him into their organization based on what they've done with some similar guys they might be able to get him you know five percent better ten percent better and then it's a good deal for everyone he's getting his but by far the most money of his career, but also the Cardinals get good return on their investment.
0: One final question that I've got for Keith law. You can find his work over at the athletic. It is well worth your time. You can also follow him on Twitter at Keith law. Keith, we've had a lot of conversations about Nolan Gorman and I think you can make a pretty strong argument. This was a successful rookie season for him; He was like 15% mm-hmm. above league average offensively. The strikeouts were still there, but that's going to be part of his profile. And he had 15 home runs. That's that's Nolan Gorman that we expected. I think the question that a lot of fans and certainly that I have about Gorman's future here specifically with this team is let's go under a scenario that they do either have Mason win up by the end of the year or they go out and add that shortstop that we've been talking about. Now you've probably got Tommy Edmond over at second base. You've also got Brendan Donovan, who I think is a better defender at second than Gorman was at least this year. What do you think Nolan Gorman in St. Louis, what is his future position in your mind? Do you think it's at second? Can it be in the outfield? Is he going to eventually have to transition to DH? Where do you think he fits?
1: He's too good of an athlete for me to say he's eventually going to be a DH. And I, I saw him going way back to high school, multiple stops in the minors. I think he was in fall league a year ago. I definitely saw him at some point in 21 playing second base and thought, Oh, that's better than I thought it would be. He, he, Probably can stay there. And then I think he was actually the worst defensive shortstop in baseball this year by outs above average, which is the stat cast defensive metric. So he's the best one we have on the public side. Um, he, he's just not very good there. And if you were, if this were the Pirates, they could say, we're going to give him two more years there and try to work with him, try to improve his defense. Players do get better, Nolan Arenado being the best example. He was a below average defender in double A at third base. And the year, a year later, he's in the majors and he's a gold glover. So I'm not giving up on Gorman. And I do think Gorman is a, certainly a good enough athlete to get better. But again, it kind of comes back to, uh, I was talking about this with uh, shortstop earlier in our conversation. If the goal is to be as good as possible in 2023, it might involve Gorman being an outfield corner. And I see no reason he can't be uh, at least an average defender in left or right. That would be more a matter of expediency, right? We're just trying to have the best defensive club we can in 23. And that means having somebody else like Edmund, at second base and gorman in a corner outfield spot
0: do you think he could i'm just saying this name because it's a guy that gets a lot of pub here in st louis as even a potential option this offseason keith but could he be your jock peterson facsimile in the left field sure
1: i think he's a better i think there's more upside than that but yeah could he do that like in a short period of time i guess you're saying could he do that for you in 23 yes i think long-term gorman's a better player than that because gorman is if, if Nolan Gorman doesn't end up a 30-homer guy, I'm not really sure. There's so many so many things would have to go wrong for that to happen. But in the short term, that kind of production, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing the Cardinals should least do, right? They don't need to shop in the Jock Peterson bin at the free agent store because they have a bunch of guys like that who are part-time outfielders. They can move around. You either go get a star for the outfield or you don't. You just simply don't and say, we're going to roll with what we have because our guys are at least as good as the Jock Petersons uh, of this free agent market.
0: Keith, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll be checking out your work over at The Athletic, following you on Twitter at Keith Law, and hopefully we'll talk with you again soon as this free agency period really starts rolling. My pleasure.
2: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season.